Hello, all you loyal viewers. This is Roddy DeBolsey, and you are watching UGA Sports Live with head coach Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, who is here to answer your questions and to talk to us about Georgia football. We're also joined by Dane Young, who basically pushes a bunch of buttons and then uh, tries to make it look good, which is damn near impossible. But he's got help from Coach Donnan, and that's who you're here to see. And we always appreciate Coach Donnan taking time once a week to sit down with us. It, it really does mean a lot to us. We don't tell him that. We don't want him to feel, you know, uh, any warm and fuzzies towards us, you know, we just we feed him now and then. That's that's the that's all he gets out of the show. But uh, we we do appreciate that. So anyway, uh, we a quick shout out to our sponsors. I know we mentioned them later on the show, but I do want to mention them at the beginning here because they also mean a lot to us. Uh, Athens Ford, Your Pie, Academia Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, Prime Shrimp, and My Perfect Franchise. I have to say their names at an additional time because I sent them all bills recently. So <laughs> gotta make sure that we get them in there as much as possible. Anyway, Dane, Dane, what do you want to talk about this week? Well, you know, the questions that we get, Coach, tend to be uh, this time of year just about spring practice and what everyone's kind of viewing questions that have to be answered. So I figure rather than cram that all into one show, we're going to spread it out here over the next few weeks. And one of the questions that I've seen a lot is about the running back position. So we'll go position by position over the next few weeks. And we may forget some because, you know, we're all aging and don't have good memories. And I have two kids and won't remember to do it like a good producer should. Uh, but I wanted to start with running backs this week, just what Georgia has on the roster, what Del McGee is going to be looking for those guys uh, as they go into spring camp. So let's just go person by person here. And I think that we all believe the most carries, if healthy, will go to Kendall Milton. Yeah, this should be a breakout year for Kendall. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think that he's actually uh, injury prone. He just had some injuries that could occur to anybody, but it just, uh, you know, at the wrong time. But he's really working hard on, in the weight room. Uh, he's done a good job uh, when he had a chance last year, uh, you know, minimal carries. But um, he's really good at catching the ball, and he, he's a good pass pro guy. I mean, He's got the potential to be a thousand yard back. I mean, he can do that because he can break away and he can also uh, pound it in there. But, uh, you know, we're certainly going to continue the, the mode of uh, alternating backs and, and keeping a lot of fresh bodies in there. But I, I think he's the lead guy for sure. All right. So we know what he does running. I want to ask pass protection, catching the ball of the backfield. Yeah, I mentioned both of those. Were you listening? Um, I'm, uh, I'm producing on the fly too, but I want to be sure we hit home on those. Okay, but I did. I, I just wanted to. I did say he, he is a very good pass protector, and he's good at coming out of the backfield. He, he hasn't uh, shown a lot of. Uh, it, it just hadn't got the chances that um, that we had with Kenny Mack. But uh, I, I've seen him in practice. Uh, he runs that Memphis drill, which they do. Uh, named it after Dan Lanning coming from Memphis where the back runs against the linebacker and breaks inside or out or the linebacker blitzes. And it gives the linebackers a good chance to go full speed and cover full speed, do the same thing with the tight ends. But he's a good good player and a good morale guy too. He's a great team guy. I look for a lot of leadership out of Kendall this year. I like when he got in last, you know, he was kind of coming back from the injury. And, I mean, remember – a lot of guys got banged up, especially the running back. Georgia's seen that a lot. There was the Kenny McIntosh thigh bruise that kept him out of certain games. So it's it's a punishing position. But I was like when they were working him back in after some of his stuff, he just scored. Kendall Milton gets into the end zone. I love that just kind of dogged, determinant, you know, uh, nose for the end zone. 
not trying to dance around, not trying to get an angle, not trying to be cute, just running the people the hell over. And I'm like, man, if this guy gets you know, 12, 15 games of this, I'm with Coach. That's a thousand-yard rusher, even with the way Georgia spreads the ball around. I mean, you've got guys that can get to that 800 level, you know, 800 yards or so each year. But I think Kendall can, he can break them off too, and just yeah. I saw a stat where where Kenny Mack was a one of three backs in the last 15 years in the SEC to get 800 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving. So that in itself shows you what kind of player he is. But uh, uh, you know, we spread the receivers out, we spread the backs out, but uh, I think we'll be explosive offense again. Anytime you got a guy like Bowers that they got to defend, and you, you, uh, you know, I saw Lad McConkey the other day. He was all proud of the fact that he's bulked up a little bit in the weight room, and he looks good now. I mean, 135 pounds now. Well, he weighs about 185 <laughs> now, probably, and uh, he, he's he's thick a little for his uh, frame and. Uh, you know, I, I think he's fired up about coming back and being the guy, and hopefully his knees healed up. You know, he played with a lot of uh, uh, problems with that, but uh, both those guys present a, a big problem for any team defending us. So, uh, but the backs will will help out there, and I think we'll probably under Bobo. I don't know that we will have quite as many uh, different running plays as we did with uh, Coach. Muck and he he had a tendency to use five or six different ways to run one play. Uh, I think maybe we might not see quite as many uh, variations of the ones, but uh, you know the same blocking schemes for sure. I presumed that Kendall Milton would be the first running back off the bus. He had 85 carries last year, but Dejan Edwards had 140. So, Coach Dejan Edwards. Yeah, I mean he took advantage of his opportunity. He was ready. Uh, you know, when Mac was Kenny Mac was down and uh, he came in there and uh, and did what he needed to, he's really perfect for his own blocking scheme because he gets behind those big guys up front and it's hard to see him. And he's got that darting quick quickness that helps you, and he's got some really physical toughness to go with that. You know, he's proven like a lot of these smaller backs throughout college and NFL that you can play at that size if, if you got that kind of quickness. And uh, he's got good football acumen. He knows where to uh, read the, the uh, blocks. He, he really has the, the right feel for the run, run game. I think that's something that sometimes you just can't teach. Uh, you know, we'll be watching it on the watch along show and say, hey, why didn't you bounce outside or why did you cut back? And it's easy for us to see. But when you're out there going 100 miles an hour, he's got that kind of vis- visual ability and uh, – He's got a niche here. I mean, he, you know, he was the last guy taken there several years ago, and he waited. He wanted to come to Georgia, kind of like what we've seen from uh, several players here. But uh, I I like his, I like his chances to having a a really solid year, and he he can catch the ball extremely well too. Let's go over to Branson Robinson in his second season. Well, you know, Branson, every time he had a chance, he came in there and just Burma Road at people. And he, he showed now that I've watched some of the uh, I've watched some of the reruns of games. He, he showed some bursts too, uh, you know, where he would hit the gash and break it outside. Powerful guy. He's one of the best all time guys we've ever had in the weight room. He came in with that uh, weightlifting uh, championship in M- Mississippi. I mean, he's just a bulky, powerful guy, but uh, catches the ball 
pretty well. He's learning the nuances of protection and all. It was a great year for him to get his feet wet where he didn't have to be the band. You know, he had three guys playing ahead of him and he got just enough good playing time. And you saw him in the garbage time there against uh, TCU. He looked, they probably say, what the heck's going on? I thought this was a second team. He comes in there, I think scores two touchdowns. He's, he's a stud. I like the fact that they asked him to stop lifting as much weight. They said you need to. How many guys have you had to tell? Yeah, you're lifting too much, buddy. That that that's. Uh, yeah, you're looking for a little a little more flexibility there, and uh, you know if he was an old lineman, maybe. But he <laughs> he's got a lot of uh, natural strength to go with his powerful. I mean, you, you look at the guy, and you just like Milton. You think Milton weighs about 195, and he's 225, 230. This guy, same way, and then. I'm going to trans, uh, trans into this new guy we got coming in. He's just an absolute beast-looking guy, 240. Uh, he came in a little heavy, but uh, he's he's gotten down. And uh, Robert's uh, the kid from the West Coast. What's his full name there, Dane? Team Roderick, Roderick Robertson. Roderick. Uh, you know, here's a guy that, that Coach McGee knew he wanted. He, he really uh, came in uh, and worked him – Without a lot of uh, fanfare, he was committed to UCLA, <clears throat> but he's got some um, background over this way. His family has some military background and knows a lot of people in Georgia. So we worked that perfectly as usual. Uh, Dale works every angle. This guy here, uh, when you when you talk about uh, players and everything and try to get something out of, you know, somebody just asking how these freshmen look, one of the first guys they say after Hall, I mean, Hall's the same way as what you heard about uh, when uh, Carter came in here. I mean, Hall is a man with a capital M, a capital A with a capital N, man. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's scary looking. You walk by, he's nice smiling all, but <laughs> you walk by him, you just say, hey, I'm not going to bump into you, sir. I'm not going <laughs> to. Take, take the long way around. He, he's, uh, I mean, he he looks on the hoof every bit, probably taller than than uh, than Carter. But uh, I don't know that he's quite as explosive, but uh, very intelligent too. They're saying that he really has fit in, knows what to do. So we'll talk about those guys later, but. Those are two, along with Freeling, that you hear a lot about that just get your uh, mouth watering a little bit. And then, of course, a couple of those defensive backs, too. But uh, I think our running back group's going to be outstanding. Uh, if you look over the years, Mike Bobo offense, wherever it's been, he's had good backs. I mean, even in South Carolina, that Harris kid was right among the leaders in the SEC without even much of an offensive line. And then Tank Bigsby tore it up over there at Auburn, you know, in some games, not others he didn't, but, you know, he really got did a good job against Alabama. So, but you look back at Gurley and Chubb and Marshall and, you know, no Sean Marino. I mean, he's, he's recruited a lot of good backs and he knows how to use them. To that point though, in spring practice, how does Mike Bobo now being offensive coordinator change what Georgia does in spring ball? What does Del McGee do differently now that Bobo is kind of calling the the plays on that? Like, do we expect this season that Georgia may rotate running backs a little bit less or like, how are those decisions made at this point? Yeah, that's made by Kirby. Uh, you know, he, he's the ultimate 
processor of that. They go over that every uh, Saturday. What if, if, uh, you know, if we're not moving the ball, what are we going to do? If they're, if they're doing this, or are we going to go more Nick? I mean, every situation, every head coach goes over that, but to, to the nth degree, because uh, you can't make those decisions during a game. Hey, you can't be asking coach, can I put him in? Come, hey, you know, uh, I know I heard Kirby uh, say to, to uh, Trey Scott there at the end of the year, said, hey, we need to not worry too much about alternating Carter. We're not going to have him much longer. We're going to be watching him on the side. So, uh, uh, which is a good – that was a good uh, Travis Scott, you know, uh, uh, Trey Scott. I mean, he understood that too. But, I mean, that's a good point by Kirby. I mean, you don't need to rest him up. So, uh, I think – that's uh, to be determined, really. I mean, based on are we going to be more uh, – which one of these guys is going to be the quarterback? Is going to be the more mobile guys? going to be more the drop-back guys? going to be the one that – I didn't think about that. A lot of that system-oriented. Uh, the more zone reads and RPOs you run, the more the back's going to get the ball. The more drop-back pass and screens and stuff like that, the more they're going to pass protect and uh, do other things. Well, that, that answered the question I was about to ask you is I kind of touched on it last week when we were talking about Munkin versus Bobo. It was you know, Munkin came out and said, you know, I like to throw the ball. That's what I'm looking to do. And I was asking, kind of, what is the what is Mike Bobo's? I mean, Munkin likes to throw it. Does Bobo like to run it? And, you know, there's always that uh, there was that meme for years, run the damn ball, Bobo. But he did. He ran it a lot. And so I'm thinking, is he more of a. You know, three yards clouded those guy. I just think he's involved like everybody. I mean, base it on the personnel you got. Right. Uh, be hard not to throw the ball coming off the bus when you got Bowers. I mean, you got to use him. And uh, it, it's just, it, it's the intrigue that happens with every team going into spring practice. You, you're going to have to get your best players to learn your system or adapt your system to your best players. So that's what's going to happen. I think the, the thing that will happen for sure, I would believe, is that terminology, all that stuff will stay the same. Uh, Mike's learned, you know, he, he calls plays maybe different than what Mucking did as far as what you call them, but a lot of the same recipes and things that you use for these plays. So, uh, How's, how's, how's the offensive line look, though? I mean, won't that have a lot to do with how successful these backs are? Oh yeah, that that's that's always it. You got to have. Uh, we talked about it over the years. Here we had backs that had to run a lot behind the line and make people miss them before they got to the line of scrimmage. I don't see that happening with this line. I, I, I see some road graders up there. I see some smart players. I mean, a lot of a lot of. Uh, you look at your three, your center, and your both guards. You got a lot of experience, and uh, depending on what happens with trust, if he plays guard or tackle. But uh, yeah, I just feel like, without going out on a big limb and trying to fall off of it, I just feel like, from my standpoint, that we'll have, uh, uh, particularly after fall, because spring you only got about thirteen practices. You got the G Day game. You got two practices where you're out there without, you know, full pads and you can only scrimmage three times. So where we'll really know what we're all about is about halfway through fall camp. But 
the overriding factor that we have that every one of these national champions, both of these national championship teams have had is the competition against each other in practice parallels or even supersedes anybody you play against in the game. So self-survival out there with some of these drills now. I mean, that old line trying to block Michael Williams and some of those guys. and Eric Alexander, yeah. Same thing with the DBs covering some of these receivers and vice versa. So it, it it's one of the things that's very comforting as a coach when you know that your practices are competitive so you guys can have to get better or, you know, they're going to get put by the wayside there. So uh, that that's where Kirby's recruiting and development's really taken off like a rocket. Yeah. I, I go, go, the group we're talking about, the running backs, you can't coach. You could come in as a Kendall Milton, you know, a five-star running back, or you could come in uh, any of these guys that are highly rated. And here's Dejan Edwards, the guy they took at the last minute, you know, who's, like you said, 140 carry, uh, carries, Dane, who gets yards, who scores touchdowns. Nobody gets to coast in Georgia practice. You can't come in with a superstar, you know, label or, you know, big chip on your shoulder because how highly you were ranked. And the number one thing we heard about, you know, uh, we got uh, Marlon in the comments saying there, Michael Williams is a stud. Yeah, he is. But what did we hear about Michael Williams was the fact that he showed up in the spring and summer and was working his tail off. I mean, that was a guy who came in as a five-star and everyone had high expectations for him. So let me just say one thing about Michael Williams. Flash Joe's pushing you hell. Those guys can play. When they have that when they have that pro day and those uh, on I think March nineteenth or something. When our kids they go to the combine next week after next, and then they have that pro day and the scouts walk by the the players and all if they're over there working out, they're gonna look over at Michael Williams. Okay, when are you gonna run? When are you gonna jump? Oh, I'm just a sophomore. <laughs> I mean he. He looks the part. And the final part of the running back that we don't want to forget is Cash Jones, Mr. Everything on special teams. We're going to be – we're going to get a big plus with our team next year having Dan Jackson back at safety and special teams who hurt his leg. And then Cash Jones, another just flat-out phenom on special teams. The guy can run. He can hit. He loves it. And – you know, I'm sure he's getting NIL to help his scholarship, but I could see him putting Cash Jones on scholarship. He's a, he can play for anybody. Well, and as we put a bow on this running backs conversation, we must mention that Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers combined to have 16 carries for 243 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, both those guys are just – take the pressure off your uh, inside running game with a threat of the reverse with the jet sweep. Uh, one of the best calls in the history of Georgia football annals when, was the reverse we ran to uh, McConkie against Mississippi State when everybody was low about the punt return at the end of the half. And, you know, all the momentum was with Mississippi State. A tremendously well-designed play, formation into the boundary, pulled – uh, big go Darnell Washington to the field to block the support and ran into the boundary and flipped it to McConkie and he took it to the house. I mean, that was a game changer as far as just taking the air out of that Mississippi State Bulldog team. It was just a brilliant, brilliantly dece- uh, conceived play and a good deception. So, uh, and then think about Lad that helps your, your uh, plays like this. 
you know, he's the guy that can stop and start so quickly returning punts because you got to make that first guy miss you. You know, if the punt's deep enough, you can return it. And that's what he can add to the running game, uh, whether it's a quick screen or whether it's a reverse, is that first guy miss type mentality. And then he's got that burst after that. You know, you look at what he can do. And, of course, Bowers, he's going 100 miles an hour when he takes his first step. So, uh, uh, I, th- I think that's a good point you made there, general manager. Good point. Hey, well, hey, GM, you immediately left off the QB runs. Well, we don't know who that's going to be. I'm just saying, well, that, does that factor into it? Because Yeah, we got we got two guys. I mean, Beck is, is fairly mobile, but uh, certainly uh, – you look at the high school runs of Gunnar Stockton and and uh, Brock Vandergriff. I mean, they are spread quarterbacks that can, that can maybe not quite as quick as uh, Stetson, but they can definitely run the zone read as you know among better than most quarterbacks in college. Well, to your point though, Roddy, two players led Georgia with ten rushing touchdowns last year: Kenny McIntosh and Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I'm just saying it's uh, – if you give those options to Mike Bobo, you give him that stable of tailbacks and then the guys on the edge who can take it in, you give him that great offensive line, and then you give him a quarterback like Gunner who just he, – he wasn't fast, but he made people miss a lot. Every time I went up to Raven, he'd leave some guy just holding his shoes, you know, because he juked him out of Gunner challenge it, man. He'll run out there and run over you. I mean, I mean I'm just saying he just ran – he cut and juked out guys, but then I've coached against – <laughs> Brock Vandegrift and watch him run my players over. So, yeah, they're they're both uh, head down, going to get those yards. You better teach them to slide, but they don't want to. Yeah. They want to kill somebody. So that's going to be yeah. – uh, Mike Bobo's got some pretty good tools for the run game coming up. Yeah, I would say that uh, athletically, Brock Vandegrift's uh, high school background, is, you know, you watch him and you watch him in practice. I mean, he just – He's got a good skill level. He's among the better athletes on our team. Yeah, he is. So, well, I mean, we we covered him there, and then we covered him in basketball. Then we'd go to the uh, state track meets, or, and there he is in the hundred. You know, and this he's a giant compared to some of these little sprinter guys out there. So he's going to be fun to watch, and all of them will be. All right. Uh, speaking of going fast, I want to mention our friends at Athens Ford because if you want something that goes fast and is durable and can take some something out, uh, hit up our friends at Athens Ford. Uh, they got 335 vehicles available on the lot as we speak. I guarantee you they will have more this afternoon. That's after they've sold more than the, than the morning. Those guys go through them quickly. The inventory over there is constantly changing. It changes multiple times a day. So you need to go to their website, AthensFord.com. Remember, it's AthensFord. There's a name similar to that, but it's Athens. Where's your team located? They're located in Athens. Go to AthensFord. This is year 11 for them. They've won a ton of awards. Their their ratings through people who buy cars and ask, you know, you can go rate your dealer. Their ratings are off the charts because they do such a good job. So check out our friends at AthensFord. If you just want to see what they have in stock, just Click on it once in the morning, once in the afternoon. I guarantee you the inventory has probably changed because they sell a lot of vehicles and they get a lot of them in. They also take good care of you when you come in with a trade. Also, I want to mention to our friends at My Perfect Franchise. We had a gentleman hit us up in Florida last week saying, hey, what's the name of that place again? Because I'm thinking of doing it, having a change in my career. That's the thing. If you want to be your own boss, you want to have a different source of income, you want to diversify, you want to uh, be the person signing the front of the checks, you know, paying other people, uh, being the boss, get out of the corporate rat race, hit up Andy Ludecki, hit up Brian Beachy, 
Uh, go to my perfect franchise. Brandon Beachy. You always go Brian sometimes. It's Brandon. He was a Braves really good pitcher. Yeah, and he's actually going to come on UJ Sports and ask uh, answer a bunch of Braves questions, especially with uh, uh, pitchers and the catchers reporting. So we can get him to tell us what that's like. So, But he'll also tell you how to – uh, start a new new life, a new career. So uh, reach out to myperfectfranchise.net. It is free to you. It doesn't cost you anything. They're not gonna, there's not hidden fees behind it. They don't get, you don't pay them. They get paid by the franchise people. And he's going to be sure that you are successful because when Andy's going, and he's on our site, he's on a ton of other sites. He's done this throughout the Rivals Network. He has a ton of success stories. So trust me, he can he can take care of you. Before we get to uh, go I ahead. Wanna, I want to just point out one thing because I will forget it, but uh, you know, there there was something that came out by uh, Todd McShay that there were some issues with uh, Carter's character. And, you know, there, there's always going to be kind of rumor stuff. But I read this this week in the athlete, uh, you know, another site there, the Bruce Feldman. I read him. And uh, he, he was talking about that we, we have a walk-on defensive lineman. And, of course, our kids can eat over there. Uh, at the at the restaurant uh, two times a day, if even if you're not on scholarship, but you can't eat all three meals. It's just the way it's regulated with the rules. But uh, Carter found out that this one kid that was going out there and practicing with us in the D line uh, wasn't able to eat over there, and he set it up and paid for the kid to eat the whole semester. What? Now, I think that's pretty slick myself. That sounds like character issues to me, Coach. I mean, he, he said, if you're going to practice with us and come in our meeting room, you deserve to eat over here with us. And, uh, I mean, the kid, that to me is very unselfish and, and, and what it's all about, about being on a team. So I'm sure most people have heard about that. But if you hadn't, I wanted you to know about it because that was, that was awesome. And we also read about Brock Bauer saying he wasn't taking any of the collective that everybody gets from the UGA. He, he's got his own deals and he wanted it to be shared with the other players and not take part of it. So I, I think that's great. I mean, anytime you can hear about stuff like that, it shows you the kind of kids we got on our team. Yeah, there was that, uh, and I, I feel horrible because I can't remember the four guys. Uh, Stetson Bennett was one of them. They created the damn good dog fund. It was John Fitzpatrick, um, yeah. John Staten was on that. Uh, there was one more I'm forgetting, but yeah, it was that group. Maybe the kid that went to uh, SMU. Oh, um, Alabama. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna feel bad. But anyway, while, while Dave's looking that up, I mentioned the fact that those guys basically Owen took their Condon. NIL money. Owen Condon. Owen Condon. There you go. Uh, those guys basically took their NIL, you know, set up a system to turn their NIL money into a charity. So I thought that was. Quite impressive. But again, those stories don't make every news outlet. But a guy saying that, you know, uh, unsubstantiated rumor about Jalen Carter might have something, you know, or that gets on every news outlet. And I mean, hey, I'm in the business. Trust me. I understand how it works. If I write a good story about Jalen Carter, no one clicks on it. If I write something, he may have an issue. We'll get 100,000 clicks. This is why I love the folks at UGA Sports that support us because we don't get paid per click. So we don't have to write that stuff to stay in business. We get paid? At a certain level. At a oh, certain okay. level. You know, not, not the technical interns. They don't, they don't get nothing. 
Well, before we get to the questions that uh, fans have for us, I have questions for you guys, because in, in my alternate reality, uh, I would be a game show host. And so let's have a game show. We're going to call this Know Your Dogs. And there's even some background music I can add to this as a producer. That's really loud. Okay, this is called Know Your Dog. Each of you gets three questions about the University of Georgia. We're going to start with the head coach, Jim Donnan. We're going to find out who knows more about Georgia. Coach, who did Georgia defeat in the national championship game in January? In football? Yes, in football. TCU Horn Frogs. Okay. One for one. Ding. Well, I mean, just we're easing in, Roddy. My next question don't make it quite as hard. We. All right, all right. Roddy, your first question. Which Georgia player led the 2022 team in yards per rush? In yards per rush. Uh, let me go with uh, Kenny McIntosh. Oh, for one, it's Cash Jones. 22 yards per rush. He had two carries for 44 yards. I have a minimum. Uh, I, I did right. not say a minimum. That is true. You did not say that. All right, I got Question two for the head coach, Jim Donnan. Which former Georgia quarterback recently received a promotion and is now the team's offensive coordinator for a second time? Mike Bobo. All right. Two for two, Coach Donnan. All right, Roddy, you have some work to do here. Sanford Stadium is named after the late Stedman Stanford. Prior to joining the university as an English literature instructor, Sanford was a principal of a high school. Which high school in Georgia was he a principal at? Athens High School. No, no. No, no, no. You got to go a little bit further to our west. Marietta High School for... Who the hell knows Dr. that? Dr. Sanford. Coach knew it, obviously. He would have gotten it on the phone at his way. <laughs> He's like, well, obviously, yes. All right, Coach is two for two. Roddy O for two. So this, this is three questions each. So uh, We'll see how this wraps up here. Maybe you can make it respectable about the end. We don't want a, a blowout. Uh, coach, your final question. This former Georgia head coach had previous coaching stops as the head coach at Marshall and an assistant at Oklahoma and Missouri. Name this coach. <laughs> Jim Donnan to the rescue. Jim Donnan to the rescue. No, Jim Donnan, go. <laughs> three for three, Coach Donnan, 100%. All right, Roddy, let's just see if you can get on the board here. Uh, staying on that same theme, who was the head coach at Florida State University when Jim Donnan was an assistant there? Ooh, uh, uh, Dooley. Dooley. <laughs> Larry Jones. The music. Larry Jones. Larry Jones. How and am I supposed to know that? He gets, you guessed him his own name. He got it right. This was completely random, the question. Oh, completely random generator. Uh, Larry Jones. You don't pay him? Larry Jones was only the head coach at Florida State for three years. And if I saw this right, Coach, you were not there in his final season. And it was a good thing because he went 0-11. I was there. I was there. I, that was, uh, we lost every game. We, we had some close ones. But uh, it, was, uh, it was a bad, bad year. Uh, and then uh, Coach Bowden came in. Daryl Mooger came in for a couple of years. And then Coach Bowden came in. And the rest is history. But uh, it, it was uh, – I can always say that I came close to winning every game like four times. I lost only one, but I, that was the only time I lost every one of them. 
Well, you won every one of them in this round. You went three for three and know your dogs. Roddy currently 0 for three. Maybe we'll try again another week and see if Roddy can make yeah, it respectable. I think, I think I'm going to have internet issues that week. All right. I can, I can kind of feel them coming on. That's, that's good try, Roddy. Yeah. <laughs> good effort. Good effort. You you brought your best and it just wasn't good enough this time around. You know, you go go look at the film and see what we can do better. Hey, uh, guys, before we, uh, we go on, we've got uh, a couple questions from um, – uh, Curtis Maximus 51. Any updates on Andrew Paul and uh, Cody uh, Tony Wilson? Uh, didn't hear anything about Andrew Paul. We left him off the list. We need to touch on him real quick before we advance. Yeah, we should have put Andrew Paul on. I forgot about him. You know, he, he's probably he's probably going to come out there in the uh, spring and do some light work. Uh, you know, nothing team wise because you know he's coming off an ACL. But I was. I, I was not impressed. I was tremendously impressed with this young guy in the fall camp that I got to watch him. I, I just think he, he's he's kind of a in between, a uh, little bit bigger for sure than uh, Ed, than Edwards, and not as big as Robinson. But man, he, he's a player, and you he's a good kid too. I've talked to him several times. Um, you know, I always take up for these kids. I haven't met any real bad kids over there, but. He's very personable, uh, quiet, but, uh, you, you know, we talk about Texas and everything because he's from Texas, and I told him I had a little knowledge of that. I haven't been at Oklahoma. I like the guy. I really do. I think he'll, he'll help us. Uh, another kind of uh, running back-related question was uh, from Derek Tillman. says, uh, Coach, do you think we'll see the toss sweep come back more since Bobo is back in offensive coordinator? I don't see the toss probably, but, you know, we ran the quick pitch a lot, which is similar to that. But, you, you, you know, to run a pure toss sweep, you got to have a lead blocker in the backfield. And, you know, that means you're under center a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's a good play. Uh, uh, it's been the backbone of a lot of teams. But just with the way the spread offense is and the quarterback back, back in the uh, – either in the gun or in the pistol, uh, you don't see as much. You see the quick pitch where you just pitch it out to the side. But uh, I would say limited, maybe on the goal line. Because Georgia doesn't have a natural fullback for that. But, Coach, in, in watching Mike Bobo for a while and even in his recent stops, could we see more of the H back where the tight end just lines up in a slightly different spot? Yeah, I mean, it's all – it just depends on how you call it. You call him an H back or a Y or a U, whatever you want to call the guy. But Brock Bowers is the perfect hybrid player for any team in the country, pro or college. So he, he can do that. Delp can do it. Lucky, this guy coming in, uh, Lucky and Sperlin. I mean, we, we got good tight ends. And uh, I, I like the fact that when you're bringing in a new quarterback and, and trying to make things uh, easier for them when you can have a balanced look with, you know, two tights on, you know, balance up the front. It's easier to call plays as far as at the line of scrimmage for a quarterback as compared to the teams that run over shifts to your strengths when you're, when you're not in too tight. So uh, we'll, we'll have a very effective running game and play action game. Uh, WR fence company says, Roddy, you were getting all the easy questions and you still missed it. I, I completely agree. <laughs> Hey, that same person bet five hundred forty dollars on Carson Beck to win the uh, Heisman. 
I don't I don't like your chances there, buddy. And it's not anything against Carson, but I mean, all right, I'll put it this way: with Heisman odds, whoever Georgia's starting quarterback is is going to be in the mix at the end. Could be, but uh, what's Bowers' odds? Oh, that's a good one. Do you, I just don't know if they'll give it to zero because he's coach. a tight end. They won't give it to one. I mean, they finally gave it to a receiver a few years ago, but it's a quarterback award for the most part. Yeah, we know all those quarterbacks are overrated. I could see Bowers breaking breaking about every record there, there's going to be next year. Can he play quarterback? Yeah, he <laughs> play running back. Yeah, he does play running back. I'd love to see him on his own read. All right, uh, let's get to the uh, dog man questions real quick. Well, why don't we um, go ahead and get in a word about your pie? Because if you're trying to make a good read, their triple threat kind of makes you make a decision right now if you want the barbecue chicken or if you want the Nashville hot chicken or the buffalo chicken. And would you rate that transition for me, Roddy? Because I felt pretty good about it. That out smooth. Thank you. We we might actually have to put you on the payroll after that one. That was was damn nice. (laughs) We actually had somebody uh, hit me up and said they tried the uh, Nashville hot chicken. They liked it. And I'm like, it's good. Uh, I still, though, man, I got to go with my Southern Heat. I, I love the Nashville hot chicken. I'm a big Nashville hot chicken fan. I actually had that at a restaurant recently in um, the weekend off, and I was uh, uh, with the missus, and they had a hot chicken sandwich. It was good, but it made me think about the pizza. But, man, I, I, sometimes you just can't get away from the classics. And the last time I went to – and today's double points day at Europe High um, – I'm thinking that Southern heat would go down just right. Cause that's what I had last time. And it was so good. And I'm like, I've been eating this Southern heat for years now and I still love it every time. So uh, hit up uh, uh, your pie when you get the chance. I'm sure uh, there's something on their menu. And again, you can cater whatever you want completely to how you like it, but some of their traditional ones, the ones that have been, they've been making since day one, the Ishka, the Nat, you know, you'll love them. I'd say about half the time that we have a watch along show, that's what we have as our pregame meal. Uh, yeah. at our at our production studio where we do our watch along show yeah. it's always a hit one thing that you can you know really to me the, the the ability to get exactly what you want on your own pizza is unmarveled i mean you know you just got you, you know you get around a bunch of people well what are we going to order where are we going to order hey i don't like this i don't like just get what you want man you got your own pizza and take it to go yeah, somebody, I don't want pineapple of mine. I want anchovies. My dad loved anchovies, man. I'm like, and if he'd get them on a pizza, that was dad's pizza. Nobody else would eat it. Like, dad, you got an extra large of anchovies. Well, that's dad's. Uh, speaking of getting accustomed, things done exactly the way you want it. Check out our friends at Dead Soxy. They have a great uh, sale going on right now. It's their uh, BOGO sale. Buy one, get one off. It's 50% off bundle. So if, they, if there's a four pack or an eight pack or something like that, if you buy one bundle, you get the next bundle with 50% off. If you're just doing single pairs, you can buy one pair, get the second one free. So, well, whichever one's the cheaper pair, you get that one free. Uh, hit up uh, uh, Dead Socks. You, you see, there's a promo code that says Cozy Socks. Use promo code UGA Sports. That lets them know that we recommended them and lets them know that uh, being a sponsor of UGA Sports is a good thing. So, hit up Dead Socks. Now's the best time to do it because you get that buy one, get one free. So, it's, yeah like 50% off. So hit up uh, deadsoxy.com when you get the chance. 
Uh, the rave reviews are in for Know Your Dogs, our new game show. Uh, <laughs> on the vent already, Hodge 702 says, Dane's game show was great. It made me chuckle a couple of times. Is Roddy even affiliated with UGA since he went 0 for 3? All of the questions were so easy, and he didn't get a single one. Completely understand. I agree. And we'll we'll keep going at it if people... I'm going to get out my, my uh, media guide and start boning up for next week. Uh, OU Herschel Walker, question for Coach Donovan says, Coach, do you expect Everett to start at corner opposite Lasseter, or do you expect Nyland Green or uh, Humphrey or Washington or any of the freshmen to come in and get the nod? Ooh, good question. Yeah, I think uh, Everett certainly showed his strengths uh, when he got the opportunity. Uh, you know, toward the end of the year, he's getting to play a little more, particularly in the runaway games. But uh, the fact that he was able to come in the spring and practice and learn the techniques and and get in a lot of good uh, special teams work too, uh, I'd say he's an odds-on favorite starting out, but uh, they're going to give Green a lot of shots too. I mean, Green hurt his hamstring, put him behind the eight ball a little bit. But, uh, you know, and then some of these freshmen uh, that they got coming in, they're, they're pretty high on him. Of course, Humphrey's got great speed. He just got to – continue to work in the weight room. So uh, but I think the position, even though we lose Ringo, I think position athletically, we, we got some really good guys coming along. And then, of course, we got uh, Bullard and Tyke Smith back at star. And then we got this Jonel, what's his name? Uh, Aguero. Aguero's coming in, can play safety. And as I mentioned, Dan Jackson's back to go with uh, Malachi Stark. So, and then the, they say this A.J. Harris is, the real deal too. So uh, just exciting, really. When you look at our linebackers and then our core secondary, uh, uh, I think really perimeter wise, we're going to be really good. You know, it was this time last year that we were talking about, well, Kamari Lasseter is a guy that you need to keep your eyes on competing for that position. And I guess early on he got picked on a little bit, but he was rock solid by the end of the season. He really stepped yeah, up. He, I mean, to me, he solidified a lot of things that could have been bad for our secondary with all the issues we had uh, with the ball in the air. The guy is, is, is a, just a, works his butt off all the time, plays as good as he can play, and uh, just very dependable. And uh, you saw uh, Ringo got a lot of chances. People got, went after him, but, you know, he, he had a good defense rate too. Uh, when you look at how many times he actually had the ball thrown on him and how many he defended, but uh, I really like, I really like Lester's just his makeup. You know, he he just reminds you, <laughs> tough ass corner. You know, that's what I mean. That's the only way you can say it. He, he's tough. Here's a question from Pierce Outlaw. Does the strength, nutrition, and conditioning staff give players individual regimens for the offseason to address perceived weaknesses in addition to their team regimens and do coaches assign workouts or study partners by positions or need? Well, for sure, the nutritionist, uh, based on the guy, need to gain bulk, need to gain, uh, lose weight, need to get, uh, you know, get a better idea of how to take care of your uh, – your protein needs, whatever it means. Uh, Collier just does a tremendous job with that, and she's got a good feel for these kids. She walks around, and uh, they, they, you know, kind of mother hen type deal. They just believe in what she tells them and, and her staff. And then the uh, position coaches will talk to the strength coaches about, hey, this guy probably needs a little more 
flexibility. Uh, this guy, like in Roddy mentioned, Robinson probably could use that as compared to bulk. And it's all all your workouts are structured by uh, your individual needs as far as the strength program, as far as the agility team does, agility drills together. And some guys do a little bit more of certain drills than others. You know, I mean, there's no need for a D lineman to be doing some of these DB type drills that they do and they, they move by stations. But uh, as far as who they work with, a peer pressure is good, you know, to see another guy and the, and the way he works and the way his motor goes, uh, you, you're in there by position and the O-line. One thing that Kirby has here is competition. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose every drill. So uh, the O-line's going against the D-line all the time in these drills and linebackers against running backs and tight ends against stars and corners against uh, wideouts and, quarterbacks just going against each other more than anything but good competition out there i've heard a lot of coaches say that when your most talented player is also your hardest worker it just makes your job so much easier oh yeah that's for sure but uh usually there's not many really good players that slack off i mean the thing you got to understand and i always told our players this when they were talking about working hard and doing this stuff and i said well you know, I'm sure Florida and Tennessee are taking off today. <laughs> They're not doing it. You got to gauge yourself not only on your own team, but what's these other, who you got to beat, what do you got to do? And uh, I, I just can't think of any coach I've ever been around that is more geared into the specifics of what his team needs to do to get better than Kirby Smart. And he he's got just a really good feel for how hard to work them and when to cut back a little bit. Uh, very, very good. Uh, a lot of coaches don't have that. Well, this is a good segue to the question from 83 WR dog. How does Kirby maintain any work life balance? The job seems to be 24 seven. Well, we talked about this on uh, during COVID. I think it was good, good for coaches to realize there's other things you can do besides be on the road and all that. You spend more time with your family and go to your kids' events and things like that. And uh, uh, I think that was brought out to the coaches and they were able to see it. And consequently, the schedule changed as far for instance, we brought this up on the show before. Our coaches used to work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Uh, and Kirby came up with the idea that, hey, after Wednesday's practice, you go home. Wednesday and Thursday night, go home, and that's one more day. And uh, it's worked out good the last two years. I mean, you can't can't find anything wrong. With the other thing is, like, uh, in the offseason here, which this is the offseason really before spring practice, uh, our coaches get a little time off to, uh, you know, go on a little trip or whatever you want to do, and then they have spring break. So they actually have about a week and a half or – maybe 10 days that uh, that they were going to have based on uh, half of them are on the road or, or on vacation and half of them are here with the players and then the other half come back. But Does he ever take a long vacation? We know Kirby will take like a – he's take a weekend somewhere here with the misses, stuff like that. Did they ever – I mean, if he want to do like a two-week deal, 
Has he ever been gone two think, weeks, three I weeks? Away. I don't think you can take stay away from your team. There's too many things that go on. But <laughs> I, know la- I know last year uh, he and some of his guys that he played with uh, got a place down at some beach, and they went down there to all their families together. So, uh, but you know, I think what a coach does on his private times his own and whatever they want to do it. But the thing that uh, I know Kirby, it's got one son's playing uh, on the Athens Academy print uh, tennis team and his daughter's on the soccer team. And he's got uh, Andrews playing fall, I mean, spring travel ball, baseball, and also uh, running track. So I'm sure he'll catch some of those. And I think it's just the lifestyle too. Like it, in a, when I've been around Buttsmere or when I've covered games, like Kirby's family is around. Like they're, they're a piece of it all. It's not like he just leaves them and never sees them. Like, yeah, there are some recruiting times he has to be away, but he incorporates them well. Yeah, another thing they did a couple years ago instituted was on the, you know, let's just say we got a game on Saturday and you have recruits in and everything. Then you go back Sunday, you're going on the same routine. You're getting ready for the next game. They have what they call family night on Sunday where all the families come over to the uh, facility and they'll have a catered meal between, say, 4.30 and 6, and all the coaches can sit sit around with their family and everybody's family together, and the kids get out there and play football and all that. But it's just a, a good little break there, you know, before you get back into the – you got that hammer down getting ready for the next game. But I thought that was a really good idea. A uh, question from KCKD. This is a quarterback question. It says, Coach, is there any way to know if you can feel good about a quarterback handling the, quote, moment before it happens? The reason he asks is because Carson Beck obviously got the chance to be a starter previously. That practice didn't go very well, but he looked much better last year when he was a backup. Still, do can you ever determine that when that moment arises that the quarterback is the guy that they're ready for it? Yeah, I think a little bit of that is – know how they're going to react in a game for sure but uh again getting back to the uh hammer and tong practices we have going against one against one in the spring i mean you're either going to be able to deliver or you're not because you're going against some really good people you just can't sugarcoat and go ones against threes hey boy you look good and everything but these guys can't even line up you know now occasionally you throw out a little bit of a uh you know, a little dessert to a quarterback and you'll, you'll go out there and tell the defense, Hey, I just want you to play one or two coverages and not a lot of blitzing because we got to establish our quarterback's confidence. So if it's struggling a little bit, instead of just going out there the first day and have a corner blitz on the first play, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't like this kid. We were recruiting him. Send yeah, him. Really? Uh, I, I had that happen one time in Missouri when we were playing and uh, in spring practice, and we had a good quarterback who just graduated. We had this freshman first play of the spring, first scrimmage. They bring the corner blitz. Uh, <laughs> Cold blooded. I just went running over. I said, "Boy, I'm sure glad y'all got that in. That's really gonna help you. Don't worry <laughs> about my quarterback." <laughs> Assholes. Um, Roddy, did you up to the? If they if they are making it hard on one side or the other because of what they're doing on a scheme wise, he'll just say, "Hey, cut that out. I want to see more vanilla." Because it's a lot easier to evaluate a guy just drill wise and 
player wise if he's not getting beat by scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, I also want to mention though, if you're trying to make it easy on your quarterback and you're trying to make it easy, if you're the quarterback in your kitchen, you're trying to make it easy on yourself. You're trying to make it easy on the misses. You're trying to make it easy on the kids. Hit up our friends at Prime Shrimp. It's the easiest thing in the world. You buy this great shrimp. You have all these different uh, things you can do with it. It comes to you frozen. You take it out of your freezer. You drop it in the boiling water. Six minutes, it's done. Let the, the bag cool a little bit, cut it open, and then you drop it into your mac and cheese. You drop it into your grits. You drop it into uh, – check out – they got some great uh, ideas over there. You put it with your, uh, your steak so you can have some surf and turf. Uh, drop it straight into a uh, uh, Caesar salad, or you've got those – charcuterie boards charcuterie that's you know i can't say it so <laughs> and you still tried i still tried i'm gonna get it one of these days i could say prosecco forever still can't uh if you want the uh, shrimp wait scampi, were you going prosciutto or prosecco those are two different things well both of them you okay know, gotcha. put them together on my italian sandwich look man uh, if i can't say it it's okay because they they take care of the all the hard work for me so our friends at Prime Shrimp use promo code UGA Sports to get twenty percent off your first order. So PrimeShrimp.com, you'll absolutely love it. They have a bunch of different flavored ones, and they have some that are not flavored. But the flavored shrimp is phenomenal. And I'm I'm just kind of scrolling through. If you're if you're listening to this on the uh, podcast, you're not seeing all the great ideas here. But if you go to PrimeShrimp.com and click on recipes, they show you some just great ideas for it. And there's page after page after page of great uh, recipe ideas for Prime Shrimp. So Coach they, said that sometimes you need your offense to be a bit more vanilla. You also sometimes need your beer to be a bit more vanilla. Oh, my. Academia Brewing Company. Hints of vanilla and some of their beers out there, Roddy. They do. They have some really uh, fantastic beers, and uh, they have some good Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras uh, meals out there. So uh, they every time, anytime the opportunity arises for them to be able to make a unique food or a unique beer, they are going to jump on it. They've done some great stuff on Valentine's Day. They've, uh, you know, the New Year's Day was some great stuff. Uh, but right now they have some Mardi Gras themed food out there. You need to try that out when you get the chance. Uh, let's try to see what what did they have recently. They had the uh, uh, Three Shades of Black. That's their new beer they got going on out there. And uh, try the jambalaya with the. Uh, I'm looking at the jambalaya. It's got everything in it, and they even have some pickled okra on the side there, you know, to make sure it's going to be really good for you. Of course, uh, their beer and biscuit brunch is always big, so hit them up. You know, they, heck, they got hurricanes out there right now. So, um, again, if there's if there's a, any way to celebrate, the folks at Academia Brew Company will do so. Uh, Roddy, I know you had some questions uh, on your end. Did we want to touch those as we wrap the show? Yeah, I don't want to get to one in the comment section first that came up uh, right there at the top. Let me scroll back. Uh, this is from Ryan Casper, coach. He says, I'm more concerned about situational play calling. Fourth down and three yards to go, and you have to have it. How confident are you in Mike Bobo's play calling? 100%. I, knew, I figured what you say, but we go ahead. Now, and here's why I say it. I mean, none of you, uh, the people that are watching, ever been in a meeting room with them like I was for two and a half years, uh, drilling them on how to check plays off, doing all that. Uh, one of the smartest guys I've ever had at quarterback uh, could, you know, do so many things. Well, he went ahead and coached under Coach Rick, who was a really good quarterback coach. 
uh, you know, had a high, two Heisman Trophy winners uh, for him that uh, played for him at uh, FSU. Uh, so, uh, and it doesn't have anything to be with the homer or anything, but a lot of these play calls are based on the situational about what won for you and what got you beat the year before, and you practice those. You work on them. You just don't come up with some magical uh, call. It's all based on what you what you, you, you thought going in, and then as the game progresses, you cut down what you're going to run based on what's worked and what hadn't, and then you go with that. But uh, it's definitely a good question uh, from from him about that because it's it's something you got to be able to do when the band's playing. You got to make the right call. There's nothing worse than to put your players in a position where they don't have a chance to be successful. So, uh, but I would say this to people that are worried about uh, Mike Bobo. Were you worried about, this is a question I'd like to everybody, were you worried about last year when Dan, first of all, were you worried two years ago, three years ago, when Mel Tucker left and Dan Lanning took over the play calling for the defense, had never called defenses before, but he called them for for a, a team that won the national championship in his second year. And then last year, when Dan Lanning left, you turned over the play calling to a guy who never had even been a full-time position coach until seven years ago, and then he coached, called the defenses all year long. And now people are worried about a guy that has over 20 years of play calling experience saying, whether is he going to be able to do it or not? His resume is so much stronger than anybody we've ever had here taking over a job and uh, in, in what he's going to be able to do. High school football quarterback, junior high quarterback. He's done all that. But the things that I like about Mike Bobo as a coach is the ability to teach. When you have a, a camp, and you got a bunch of kids there, and they're not all-star players, but they're kids trying to learn the nuances and the fundamentals of playing quarterback, Mike Bobo is going to spend the time and teach them that. He's going to show them what it's like to take the snap, to do the steps, where to put the ball, how to handle the ball, what to do with your grip. The same thing's true when he goes into high school throughout the state of Georgia. He's got instant name recognition, going back to his dad being a an outstanding coach here, uh, the fact that he played in South Georgia and he just built a fence around Georgia as a recruiter uh, in his years here. So uh, I just feel like ask yourself some of these questions that were you asking those questions about when we made this call for defensive coaches? I don't think you were. I mean, those are just as important in the calls and the same guy that decided to give that uh, – a responsibility to those coaches has done that with Mike Bobo. So, uh, well, coach, I think the voice of the fan would say, not as worried about defense because I know Kirby Smart handles a lot of that too. And then on offense, there just tends to be more worry because Kirby Smart's not an offensive coach by trade necessarily, though he was a running he's, backs coach. He's the head coach. Everything in this program, from what kind of pants they're going to wear at practice. Uh, position uh, meetings, uh, what they're going to have for pregame meal, what time they're going to leave, everything goes to Kirby Smart. So just like the play calls, if he doesn't like something that Muckin's calling or Chaney's calling or Coley's calling, he's going to tell him to change it. So, yeah, uh, 
I, I made this point the other day, Coach. Uh, people kind of laugh, and we'll put this on the board uh, throughout the year. Here's it's usually a couple weeks before uh, the first uh, first game. We're like, the Georgia football team went to the movies today. They went to see this movie, you know, and we'll tell them throughout the year what movies we're going to see. And we're like, do you do realize that during fall camp and sometimes in spring camp they practice going to the movies? Kirby Smart has them practice. They basically go to a movie to say, "This is what we're going to do on Friday nights in the fall when we're, you know, at, at a different city or whatever." Get used to the routine, yeah, yeah, to get them used to exactly. Here's yeah. the buses you get on. Here's how you comport yourself when you're inside this thing. Here's what we're going to do when it's after. When we go back to the hotel, here's going to be the snack that we're going to have. And just, nobody, nobody. I mean, if a man practices how you go to the damn movies, you know he's going to be be very uh, dialed into who he picks as his OC. And, yeah, yeah, I think somebody, I think people, and I could see why they say, hey, you know, you're biased. And maybe I am, but I do have an opinion based on what I've seen. Uh, but I do feel like this, and, I, and there's nobody that's been more of a Todd Munkin proponent than me from sure. the first day he came. Because I told Roddy about how I liked the way he coached at Southern Miss. I went into meetings with him when I was doing TV and all that. But if you just look at our team, our top 15 players last year, you tell me one of them that's not going to be drafted. All right, then. And, and you look at the teams we played against, except for Ohio State, was anybody even close to us personnel-wise? So, uh, you, you know, the, the – the, Things are in your favor here, at Georgia. Calling plays, things are. I mean, your personnel is good, and you, you know you, you should get a lot of credit for it. And then, and I say that, but I don't think Mike should get a lot of uh, blame. He certainly should get some, but for South Carolina. But who knows what was going on with their old line, with their defense, all that, and then it just had a situation with Harson uh, where it just didn't work out. But you know, he was within five seconds of beating Alabama at uh, Auburn that one year when he was over there. So, uh, so coach, you're telling me that I would be a better play caller if I have Brock Bowers out there. That's what you're telling me. Brock Bowers, uh, every one of those old linemen, all those backs, Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett probably caused 25% of the plays at the line of scrimmage, maybe more. That's gonna be, be that. Well, that's through the coaching that he got yeah. from Munkin and and also uh, Buster Faulkner, who did a great job here. So uh, I, I just uh, I think it's good. It's typical of anybody to be a little bit up in the air, no question, to uh, worry about stuff. But of all the things that I'm going to worry about our team next year offensive coordinator and if you had a hundred things on the list would be about the 99th one that I would worry about the most I maybe could find one thing that I would worry about less than that I don't know how to say it but we're gonna be we're gonna be really good and we're gonna be fortified in recruiting with Mike the other thing that you got to remember who your boss is. I mean, not every coach can come in here and be hunky-dory with Kirby. They don't know him. He's known Kirby since they were in junior high. And uh, they'll get get after each other, but they respect <laughs> him. And you gotta, you got to have that respect 
uh, you got to have a coach who'll come back at you, and, and Mike will come back at Kirby, and that, that's good. Yeah. Certainly, you got to respect him, and you know, Munkin would do that too. But you know, the head coach is, is the head coach, and he's the one that's that's right. All right. Uh, last question, Coach. Uh, this is from Carson. Carson says, "How will we or will we see more of Arian Smith with the ball?" Yes, I can say it unequivocally. Uh, I, I think Arian Smith is uh, was viewed as a guy that had been hurt and he didn't get to practice a lot and do all that. I think there'll be a place in the game plan a little bit more prevalent in my mind. With uh, and the reason is Mike worked with the receivers and the tight ends last year, and he saw a lot of the stuff that he did in practice. So uh, I think you'll see more Arian Smith. Oh, Hi, folks. That's all the have. All the have. That's all the time we have for this week's show. We appreciate you tuning in. Things got me confused, but the one thing I will remember is that our show is normally Tuesdays at noon. So tune in next Tuesday at noon. We will have the UJ Sports Live show for you. We appreciate everybody's questions. They really make the show go by quickly. We went a little long because we try to get as many questions and answers as possible. So prep your questions for next week. We'll get to them. We'll hopefully not have as rigged a trivia game. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. And we will uh, take on another position group next week in depth like we did with the running backs. That was a great segment. I hope uh, everyone – We went to the trivia game because everybody didn't like my joke last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> everyone loved your joke last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I got good feedback on the joke. Yeah. I hope my trivia game does as well okay. as that joke did. Okay, but, you know, we, I can always come in with some more jokes, but – all right, we'll set up some more jokes for next week, folks. And y'all be sure to tune in next Tuesday noon. We'll see you then.